Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jess of It podcast, or welcome if you're new. I am your host, Jess Noretto, and today is a very special day because today on the podcast, we are going to have our first guest. What? Yes, you heard that correctly. We are going to have our first guest on the podcast today. I'm so excited to talk to her and for you to get to know her and to hear her story. It's so unbelievably inspiring. But before I introduce her and before I bring her on, I just wanted to say again from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your support for sharing, for listening, for tuning in. This is our third week doing this and God, the numbers are growing slowly but surely and already it's beat my expectations. So thank you so much. Honestly, there are days where it's a little hard to find the motivation to continue doing this because I'm not going to lie, balancing a podcast, even a podcast of only a handful of listeners on top of being a mom is kind of hard. This is definitely not a priority in terms of what has to get done on the day-to-day. So even sitting down and talking to you right now, you have to make the time for that. And sometimes you just don't have a good day. Sometimes your kids are not having a good day. And finding the time for this is really not what you want to do. So every time I check the analytics and I see that we're growing, it makes me so happy and it keeps me motivated for another day. So thank you guys so much. A couple of maintenance or just, you know, reminders. We are on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. We are at at, at the Jess of it pod on Instagram. Um, I try to update there a little bit more frequently just because it's quicker. It's in real time. Um, But I would love to hear what do you guys want to see? What do you guys want to hear? Let's make this a little community of friends. So thank you again so much. And let's go ahead and get started. On today's segment of Seriously Jess, I wanted to talk about planning and organizing your life because the last month I was on the struggle bus. I had such a hard time keeping track of everything that I needed to do, keeping track of all the housework, keeping track of everything that was going on. Just in the last month, we had Big Brother's birthday party. We had Easter. My parents moved. We had my dad's birthday. We had appointments for myself, big brother, my husband. It was a really busy month. And let me tell you, I was so overwhelmed and my house has felt it because it is a mess. Well, I have found something that has helped me control the chaos and has made my days so much smoother. And it is the Slay at Home Digital Planner. I use the Organized Mom Planner. And let me tell you, it's been a total game changer for me. This planner offers everything that I need to stay organized and productive, including a cleaning schedule, meal planning and budgeting templates, and the ability to time block my schedule for when I'm working on podcast stuff. Since using this planner, I've been able to streamline my schedule and be way more efficient with my time. 
If you guys are interested in the Slay at Home digital planners, I highly recommend that you go to slayathomeplanners.com and check out the products that are available. And you can get a special 20% off discount when using the code, the just of it at checkout. So if you're looking for a way to stay organized and to slay your to-do list, head over to slayathomeplanners.com and give it a try. Trust me, your future self will thank you. And then you can thank me for introducing it to you. Today is a special day on the just of it because we have our very first guest. We are going to be talking to one of my dearest friends, Maria Bravo. I met Maria in 2013-ish when I was working at Coach, but we really hit it off when Carlos and I started dating and our circle of friends ended up blending together. Maria is such an incredible human being. She is the most empathetic person I have ever known. She is someone you can have such a deep conversation with on a regular Tuesday. She's such an intentional friend. She shows up for people when they need it the most. And today she is stopping by the Jess of it to have a conversation about a really important topic that isn't talked about nearly enough. Today, Maria is going to open up about her fertility journey, what it's looked like for her and her husband, and how taking the reins with your reproductive health has been one of the most eye-opening experiences for her. Without further ado, Maria Bravo. Maria, welcome to the Jesuit. Hi, Jess. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, we're here. Of Let's course. So I kind of know a little bit about your story, but if you had to kind of like summarize it or give like a quick rundown of what got you to where you are today. Yes. What would that be? It's kind of like, you know, every time I get a new doctor now, this is the rundown. And I, I think it's I like, know. give me your history. Yeah. So I think I <laughs> it down. But first of all, I want to say um, I do appreciate you saying fertility issues and not infertility because that is such an ugly, bold word that I'm not there yet. And even though we've been, yeah. you know, like trying for some time now, like, that's not like a thing not that I don't want to accept it's just I don't think it's realistic because I don't think anybody I mean I scientifically I don't have anything that is wrong that you know like I have a uterus I have the ovaries I have the fallopian tubes like everything to make a baby um so Mm -hmm. I appreciate you not saying infertility so thank you but um in a nutshell um, this all started around, so I'm currently 32, so this was mm-hmm. seven years ago. I was, I was having regular periods, and then I believe it was like towards late July, um, one day, one month, I guess my period just kind of went out of whack, and I was bleeding heavily, and at that time... Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized how heavily I was bleeding until I realized that I was feeling fatigued and I was feeling lightheaded and I was feeling like, you know, not my best self. And I decided to go to the doctor. And then that's when I realized I had been bleeding for a whole month and a half. And I ha- uh-huh. I needed pads, like a change of pad, like every 40 minutes to an hour. So I went mm-hmm. to the doctor and I was 25, so my doctor just said, oh, it's your hormones, so here, take this pill. And so mm-hmm. I did. I didn't question it. At the time, I was nowhere near 
trying to have a baby or anything. So um, yeah, I didn't question it. And I just took the pill. The bleeding stopped. And I stayed on that pill for like six, seven years. Um, mm-hmm. Almost seven years. But um, pretty much fast forward to I am married. I am almost a year into my marriage and my husband, you know, and I decided that we want to start trying for a baby. And so I get off the pill and I was very nervous to get off the pill because in the back of my mind, I knew the reason why I had been put on the pill. And so mm-hmm. it was always kind of like, well, if I get off of it, this is going to come back or I might mm. get pregnant immediately. <laughs> and I wasn't right. ready for it right when got married so um you know like almost a year into our marriage we decided to get off the pill and sure enough I didn't have a period for three months and when it came it came with full force again like full vengeance and for those who get periods or who don't um I think what makes this very heavy for me and what makes it so alarming is the amount of blood that I release and the clots that come with it and the pain that comes with your body releasing those clots. So here we are um, a year into trying to conceive and we, I've seen about three different doctors now. Um, I recently feel like I'm just starting to get more answers um, as to what's happening, because that's still an issue. I am still bleeding heavily if I stop taking a pill or if I stop taking progesterone. So here we are trying to see what's wrong. <laughs> and when you originally, when you were first put on the pill, it was just like, a like, oh, this is like textbook symptoms of whatever here's a pill or was it ever explained why the pill what could potentially be causing the heavy bleeding anything like that when I was 25 my doctor who happened to be a family practice doctor wasn't even an OB or anything um he told me oh I think you might have PCOS and again I was 25 Mm -hmm. didn't I guess naively didn't really care what was happening Mm -hmm. as long as the bleeding just stopped. So that's what happened now. Um, It seems like that's the direction that I'm heading or like the diagnosis that I'm getting. However, my levels of hormone also don't fall within like those ranges of like potentially classifying it as PCOS. So mm. it's kind of like I'm in that gray area where it's like, well, it leads and it seems like everything, you know, is pointing towards PCOS. But, right. you know, I, I've maybe I've been lucky and blessed enough that it's like a mild case. But um, that's what we know so far. But we're still, you know, trying to uncover what it is. Yeah. So you've seen different doctors. And at what point did it go from, okay, OB, okay, this is out of my, like, realm of what I can tell you, like, I'm going to take you to, like, how, 
I don't want to say severe, but how like into all of this are you in terms of like the doctors that you're seeing and yeah. And let's say, for example, I start off and I say I'm having irregular periods. Do I go straight to the type of professional that you're talking to right now? Or is there like this gradual yeah. thing? So sometime, I think it was actually a year ago, um, I was bleeding heavily. And once they started testing my hormones and they saw that there was a little bit like of an imbalance there, um, that's when my OB said, this is actually because you're trying to conceive. This is now mm-hmm. out of my hands. And it, mm. you know, automatically gets assigned to fertility doctors, um, which was fine. But um, at that point, and I mean, it touches into a whole different side of things that we're, we probably shouldn't get into. But um, <laughs> insurance doesn't cover fertility treatments even if in my case that it was me bleeding heavily and that was the underlying issue that I was trying to fix regardless if I want to have a baby or not but because I don't want to go on the pill it automatically became a fertility issue um so at that point I get turned over to the fertility doctors and I got like all the little I started checking check marking all the little boxes that were like well let's get a biopsy of your uterus let's um let's test all these hormones let's also make sure it's not like thyroid issues so like let's see an endocrinologist and like all those things but again like it's very hard because you get labeled as a fertility case but mm. in order for it to get approved, and at that time I was, you know, with a different insurance company. So everything was like referral. So that took mm. a very long time to, um, you know, get the right doctors, get the referrals, see the doctors, get every procedure approved. Um, but since then I've moved to a different doctor now and he's still an OB. But um and he has just like that emphasis on like fertility, but he's still an OB now. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you you said something that I think is really important that I think can get a little bit uncomfortable to talk about. So how, I mean, to the extent that you feel comfortable, but insurance doesn't cover this stuff. So not only are you carrying the weight of what your body's actually going through. And I mean, I... The way you describe it, the way you describe the bleeding, the pain, the clots, to me, sounds like what I felt when I had my miscarriage. And I went through that once. So to go through that every time you have a period, like, I can't even imagine. So you're going through that on top of thinking about the financial aspect of that. So how has that been? And again, (laughs) as, as, as comfortable as you feel and whatever you don't want to talk about we can totally skip but that is a real thing for a lot of people and I think for me at least I see a lot of people talking about that but it's people with access so it almost feels like it's not a level playing field yeah so I mean no diss on you know specific insurance carriers companies but um at that time I was with Kaiser 
and Kaiser does not, at least my employer and the plan that I had, Kaiser was mm-hmm. not getting covered for any fertility related issues. Um, mm-hmm. So everything was out of pocket and it does start adding up really quickly. And I, and again, I feel like I was just touching the surface. Like right. I was not doing shots. I was not doing like, you know, any type of hormone treatment just yet. I was just simply trying to get diagnosed with mm-hmm. whatever was going on. So for me to have walked out in a span of, I want to say like three, four months, with a $5,000 bill was incredible because it does at one point, like you said, you're, you're, you're battling not just the physical pain that I'm experiencing that comes with this, but also the emotional, the emotional constriction that you have of like, well, why can I just be okay? Like why, why, you know, like the whole idea of conceiving and how blissful it should be and all of that, that, that gets tossed out the door. Um, yeah. Added with the stress of now, like, why well, have to be, you know, like certain doctors were requiring me to take like body basal temperature. So every morning, the mm-hmm. first thought you have in the morning as you open your eyes is like, I got to take my temperature. So then you have that added mm-hmm. stress of like, I have to do this to find a solution as well. But then on top of that, you add the whole financial burden of it. And it's just, it's tough. It's definitely tough. And it's not for, for me, (laughs) because I feel like to a certain extent, I, I, I mean, you know me, I'm a very emotional person and I carry my heart on my sleeve. And at one point you just, can't help yourself but to wonder like like is this even worth it and of course it's worth it because you you know the end goal is you know what everybody's after but it's like at what expense because now my physical well-being is down the drain that was number one then emotional Mm well-being my mental well-being and my financial well-being like it's a lot of moving parts and it can get very, right. very heavy very quickly. So how um how has your family how have they how have they taken to because I feel like what you're going through, it's very easy as an outsider to A be like I will just let it happen. It'll happen when it happens or like, oh, you know, like it's very easy to not take into consideration that it's not just that you're trying for a child and you haven't been able to conceive yet, but that it's this whole other thing. Like it, it, it really comes down to like your physical health and what's going on with you. Um, And I think coming from like Hispanic families, (laughs) there's a disconnect there of like, why are you jumping and like, why are you taking control of something that like should just happen on its own type of thing? And I'm just curious how that has been for you. Well, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's, it's a very, it's, it's rough. It's a very rough 
situation because like you said we come from hispanic families and i feel like I, i'm not putting blame on anyone or anything but to a certain extent we we grew up in households that were like tough it out or right. like you know it is what it is like this is mm -hmm. what life gave you so this is what you deal with and that's it right so i think I mean, in my family, I will say that everybody would be very excited if I, you know, did conceive. However, there's that, that disconnect, like you said, like, it's very, I love my family to pieces, but I think there's also a certain part of me that I keep protecting so that I know I can't, like, there's days where I can't hear the well, you know, it's going to happen when it happens or you should just mm -hmm. let it happen or like sometimes, you know, bless my dad's heart, but he's like, well, why don't you go to Mexico and try fertility treatments no. and, you know, it all yeah. comes from a good place. But I think there's that disconnect of them understanding how, or not out of the lack of understanding of how it's not easy and it's not black and white and it's not just like, yeah, let me, you know, let, let, let me stop working and go to Mexico and get right. the treatments because no, we right. can't do that. Like, you know, essentially we still need to finance those, um, those programs or whatever you decide, whatever treatment you decide to go through, but it's not as easy as they make it out to be. And I feel like the lack of understanding of, how fertility and or how hard it is right. to actually conceive a child and you know the lack of education in that department I think also just creates that bigger barrier and like you said this is not like any diss to my family but it's it's very hard to have like a relatable conversation when yeah know, all they had to do was because try. experiences are <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes not even try, and it yeah. happened anyway. Like, I, I, I totally get you. And the thing that's crazy is that so I started looking up like, okay, what are some things? Because I would say that I didn't have relatively like, and like I didn't have an easy time like getting pregnant with my kids, but I didn't have a difficult time. And I, I think in the moment, and and I will say this. You have opened my eyes and made me realize, like, all the things I was complaining about. I was like, dude, you're so dumb. No. Because you get to a point, I think, well, no, because realistically, like, you get to a point where, like, I thought, okay, I think with with Big Brother, it took me almost a year. And I was like, what's wrong with my body? Like, why can't I do this? Oh, my God, I'm infertile. And then, really, it was just a matter of, like, time. And then I hear your story and I didn't go through any of that stuff, but just me not going through it to me, it felt so, um, like far from me, like, oh, this is something that happens like once in a while. And the statistics are actually really interesting that it does happen pretty frequently because peak fertility is like 15 to early twenties. Mm -hmm. Like who's really having a kid <laughs> at that time? like purposefully right. in this day and age, maybe years ago, yeah. who knows? You had also mentioned that you and your husband, so when this started, you guys were in your first year of marriage or you had already celebrated your first year of marriage? Um, We were 
getting close to celebrating our first year when we decided to get off the pill. That's even wild because the first year of marriage, I mean, at least for me, is just like not easy. <laughs> trying or not trying for kids is not easy. So how did how did all of this, because it's not like it was something you went looking for. I mean, it's something it, it's like it's it's one of those where your vows are tested of like in the good yeah, times and the bad. Uh, how has that impacted your guys' marriage? I don't mean this to sound like, you know, cheesy and like a fairy tale, but I think truly these times are the times where like, like you said, it really tests like everything in your marriage. And again, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to make it seem like I've, you know, I'm down this road like five years later and I still am not able to conceive because it's still very fairly new. We're trying to tackle personal issues before getting, you know, the chance to conceive, but I think because of my husband, I've been able to feel so relaxed at times because there's no, mm -hmm. it's made me fall in love with him a lot more because there's no added pressure from him. And I think having a partner right. that understands that, and again, given that he's a man and he's probably like every time, every time I say oh I have a crab it's totally like unrelatable he can never relate and he'll you know like it's the same thing as if I somebody was telling me what it's like to go to the moon like yeah cool yeah. but I can't relate right but um yeah he's been super supportive and but what I mean by that is that like like so as you know um I recently had a hysteroscopy and mm -hmm. um that was pretty much just a camera that went into my uterus and they were gonna do a a, a scraping like a dnc um type of thing mm -hmm. to my uterus to determine what's the issue with the lining that i overbuild, you know <laughs> so um <laughs> just that procedure alone um knowing that he was there and knowing that I came home and there was no expectation to even for me to shower or there was no expectation yeah. of me trying to keep our place clean or no expectation to even today like I don't have to cook for him or I don't you know like he's so supportive in those ways that I feel like it's only made our relationship grow however I will say mm -hmm. that at the beginning of when this whole issue resurfaced of me bleeding and feeling like he wasn't understanding um, where I was coming from, it was very tough. But I think that's why it's very important to have those open communicate oh, that open line of communication with your partner. And if all else yeah. fails, call them over to the restroom and be like, look at my blood clot. <laughs> that seems to work for us. You thought I was lying? Yeah, Look so at this. He's a very visual guy, so I was like, you try passing that. Just kidding. But, you know, like, those things help. So I think, you know, it's it's been, I wouldn't say a walk in the park, because it has, it has been, you know, the whole... yeah this whole issue hasn't been it's far from that but i think having a partner that truly understands and has like no other expectation other than you being okay helps tremendously yeah and one thing i've always been like 
in awe of you is that like regardless of what the situation is like you have this unbelievable optimism that (laughs) I don't even know where you pull it from because like there are times where I'm just like how how and I and I I 100% agree like the right partner I I think you marriage is not easy I want to start off by saying that (laughs) marriage is not easy and whoever tells you it is, is lying because it's not I'm easy. Lying, yes. <laughs> um, and I think that when you have the right partner, the hard things don't feel as hard, right. but they're still really hard. Right. Um, so I, I, and, and I know, I, I know your husband. I love your husband. <laughs> I think he's like, he is, he's like that guy that, like everybody just likes like yeah. there's you can't say a bad thing about him <laughs> like he's just that guy and I think sometimes like what I think it's easy to lean on that type of person but I've known you long enough to know that you don't <laughs> where do you draw this optimism from like in general like anything that you're going through in life like you pull me out of some of the darkest places like how where do you get this from I don't know. (laughs) I don't think think I've ever stopped and really considered the fact that I'm like an optimistic person. I think, I mean, I have, I feel like I have stories to share for days, Um, (laughs) you know, family and stuff that I think have put me in a position today that you kind of have to see yeah. you know the bigger picture you kind of have to see the, the the glass half full but without trying to own any of their stories or their experiences I think number one for me um most recently has been a, a turn in faith for me um mm-hmm. I, I definitely do see my faith growing and it has grown in the past year But I think ultimately, I'm just, I don't like to think of what I'm missing out on or what I'm lacking. Rather, I like to think of like, I am going to get to it one day. It's just not today. However, you know, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So I just think it's, I know it sounds cliche and stuff, but I think it's sometimes easier to just try to see things for that positive outlook, that little ray of sunshine, whatever you can find in a situation, like, just hold on to it. Because I've been in the dark places, too. And I've been at places, I mean, family, I probably like, I don't think I've shared as much, but I was actually like on rounds of Clomid, too, which is a fertility medication. And um, to make mm-hmm. me ovulate and that was very rough and I would be lying to you if I said that that wasn't some of my darkest times but I mm-hmm. think understanding that everything every experience that I've had up until this moment is an experience that it's contributing to something bigger and although I might right. not know what that is just yet <laughs> or I might not be able to see the full picture I hold on to those glimmers of light because it can get very dark very quick. So 
Yeah. I don't know. For me, it's just maybe a little bit easier to try to do that than stay in the dark place. Um, but I understand that not, that's not the situation for everybody. And I just, like I said, all I could think of is like my faith and just keep holding on to those glimmers of light, even if they're tiny, tiny, tiny. But <laughs> um, there's always light. Even in black, yeah. even in the color black, you find white. So <laughs> there's a little bit. There it is. Uh, how how I, and and it kind of goes along with you know your optimism. But how has all of this from from when this all started? I mean, yeah, like how has it affected your mental health? Um, I I think I'm. A little bit on the brighter side currently right now um but I would like I mentioned I was taking I took so I took four rounds of clomid and like I said clomid makes mm -hmm. you ovulate but they don't tell you about clomid sometimes is that these fertility medications to try to ovulate will make you believe that you're 100% pregnant from mm -hmm. anything from like the mildest symptom like you know tenderness of the breast to like a hormonal outrage like it will have your body believing for like five six days that you're completely pregnant and then mm -hmm. to see it not be in fruition or to see that right. negative um it, it really does impact you and like I said, tracking that whole thing, tracking, because you're taking a pill, you have to take this pill on your fifth day of your cycle, and you take it for five mm -hmm. days. And then, so at day nine is the last day that you take it. And then mm -hmm. day 10 to 16, you have to start testing for ovulation. So then you start mm -hmm. testing. And then after day 16, you give it about 10 more days 12, 14 more days, and then you're testing to see if you're pregnant. So the whole time, the whole process, you're just so like autofocus and so concentrated on time and the right. fact that time is passing by and mm -hmm. there's no little positive sign on that stick or there's nothing that will indicate that I mean aside from like maybe ovulating but nothing that will indicate that this pill is making your body do what it's supposed to do it can get very very dark and right. I was there and I'd be lying if I say that I didn't I'd be lying if I say I didn't question even if I was ready for this or if I truly even wanted to be a mom because it takes you there and it keeps you there for a while because again you're saying that negative and then you're like okay well let's try it again and in a couple of days let's take this medicine again that's mm -hmm. gonna make me feel like complete horse poop <laughs> and you know that that it like so for I've for someone who hasn't been on Clomid like what do you feel when you when you take it so the first day you take it highly recommend that you take it at night but consult your doctor <laughs> but <laughs> you start Heard it here, feeling folks. the fatigue 
immediate fatigue. Mm. And then you start experiencing the hot flashes. And then after mm. hot flashes comes a lot of nausea. Oh, Lord. The nausea is incredible. But the one thing that will, like, oh, my God, it is, it is crazy how quickly this gets to you is the heartburn. Like, water will give you heartburn. Really? Yes. And this isn't, you haven't technically like ovulated yet. This is just side effects of the medication? Side effects of the medication. Wow. So okay. you pretty much take it. You feel disgusting and awful. And then mm -hmm. you're kind of still waiting around to see if you're going to ovulate. So mm -hmm. at times for me, two out of the four months, I didn't ovulate. So it was a lot of that constant battle. Like I did this for nothing. Right. I put my body through this for nothing. And, you know, of course, I feel like, like I said, every experience gets you a step closer to whatever that outcome needs to be. Mm -hmm. But it goes back to being in that dark place and right. not, and feeling like it's not worth it. But then you have the internal struggle. It is worth it because I want to be a mom. I want to conceive a baby. So... It's a lot of mental instability and it, it gets, it gets tough, but I mean, yeah. perks of being a woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> we really should be paid for being women. I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> like, superheroes pretty much. Because, oh, God, but I mean, okay, so you, you like. I'm thinking about like everything you're saying. I try to put myself in your shoes and I know the kind of person that I am. And let me tell you, I'm a quitter. <laughs> like I'm, I own the fact that I am a quitter. And when something is just not, I'm like, I'm out. Um, and how, like, how do you, when you're questioning if it's worth it, like, and, and I understand, well, I don't understand, but I, I, I can see what you mean with like, it's all leading to something, one step closer to the goal. But like, how, like, how do you like explain it to the person that like, can't like, how do you get yourself to that next? Because for someone listening, it may not be the end goal isn't conceiving a child, but it could be, I don't know. Like getting a job or like it could be something small but how do you when it just doesn't seem worth it because we've all been there where something doesn't seem worth it anymore you know yeah um and the great words of mr grinch <laughs> wallowing self-pity <laughs> i will allow myself to just go there and if I need to cry it out let's just cry it out like yeah it like understanding I think being very kind to yourself will go along yeah way. and this again this like you said it's for the people who are not just trying to conceive but anything in life and it's not going your way allowing yourself to really understand like dang this is not going my way this is not yeah. anything I expected, anything I wanted, but here we are. And allowing yourself to really feel those feelings and understanding that it's all situational. 
Mm-hmm. And I know that that's easier said than done. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I don't want to ever feel like I'm sugarcoating anybody's experience or anything like that. But I think really understanding for me again that it's happening and there's nothing, absolutely nothing I can change in that moment mm-hmm. other than my perspective about it. But if I'm not there yet mentally, I'm not going to get there. It doesn't matter if I come and I'm like, yeah, I'm a little ray of sunshine. Like, find the light. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't matter. Like, you have to you have to allow yourself to be there and allow yourself to grow and get out of that. Yeah. As long as that takes. And it looks... I love that you said that. And it looks so different for everybody because not all of mm-hmm. us are the same. And, you know, like what might be easier for me to acknowledge and you know really turn around might not be easy for you and vice versa like we all have certain strengths and weaknesses and I feel like allowing yourself and being kind to yourself and allowing yourself to really feel what you need to feel in that moment Mm -hmm. is only gonna be it's only gonna allow you to grow and have a more yeah. fruitful lifestyle, whatever that looks like for you. But just be kind to yourselves. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love that you said that because I feel like people tie optimism into like this perfect little package where it's just like, well, just stay positive. And like, <laughs> sometimes you just want to be pissed at whatever the situation is. Like, it, it could be something small it could be really big but like be pissed about it absolutely I, I tell my kids that I mean they're little but I tell my two-year-old that like be mad it's, it's, well, be mad I, that goes so you know like I all of my friends I'm the only one you know that doesn't really have kids but I see everybody and I see and I constantly hear now this term of the whole like allowing your kid to feel their emotions and by all means like Mm -hmm. it's great great advice and I think you know into adulthood it's going to benefit greatly but I don't understand why as adults we stop doing that for ourselves right like we just like block all these emotions we feel like we don't deserve being kind to ourselves or living in that emotion like you want to be mad be mad like you want to feel yeah like the world sucks today then do it but you know yeah I think yeah being kind seriously I I think that's the hardest lesson to learn as an adult to be kind to yourself because we can be kind to other people but (laughs) tell me why I can't give myself grace I give everybody else all the grace (laughs) in the world but me, I'm like, you're a bad girl, Jessica. Well, that's because we're we're our biggest critics, so. I yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, what made you feel like you were ready to talk about what you've been going through the last year? The fact that. So I think, I mean, if you're not searching stuff on TikTok, I think you're doing TikTok wrong. So, you know, <laughs> it's such a I huge... had to delete it because I was wasting so much time on there. <laughs> it's, 
such a big platform now that I feel like it gives an equal opportunity. Yes, certain people get put, their videos get pushed automatically, whatever. But mm-hmm. I think it gives an equal playing field for everyone to put their stories out there, right? Yeah. So when I'm searching stuff about heavy bleeding or thick uterine lining without being endometriosis or mm-hmm. massive blood clots, <laughs> whatever I'm searching, there is nothing. And you will find a mm. one video hidden in a, in a pool of like a thousand videos that is like that one yeah. person, that one female who's talking about it, right? And I think it's very important to have these conversations, whether you are a woman who has menstrual issues or trying to conceive, or whether you are a partner who has a woman you know, as their mm-hmm. wife and these issues are happening, I think it's truly, I feel like it's 2023, but periods are still taboo. Yeah. It's 20. We can talk about all this other shit online, but we can't talk about our period. Exactly. And I, mm-hmm. it's very, very sad that, so, okay, this got a little graphic, but, um, I took a picture of my blood clots and I showed mm-hmm. it to my mom. I showed it to my sisters. Mm-hmm. I even showed it to my boss. And I said, mm-hmm. look at my blood clots. These are yeah. coming out of me. And the fact that they couldn't perceive or they couldn't fathom what I was saying or what I had been so upset over the last couple of weeks and what I rave about so much um, because I want to shed light to it. Um, they couldn't yeah. understand how that was coming out of me. And these are women that get period. That are probably having clots come out of them too, just not yes. that, you know, to that extent. Yeah. Right. Or like now, you know, as I've been researching and like, you know, just reading stuff, understanding that actual clotting is not normal in a period. And that right. is, you know, the the cherry on top so to say the peak of a mountain for a lot of like issues that are happening internally in a woman's body but right again we it's so taboo it's almost like i don't know like sometimes i i, I perceive it as we should be ashamed of periods but mm-hmm. it is literally we reproduce it's the main existence of humanity but we can't talk but you feel dirty because you have a period right like oh like like even the way products are marketed towards periods it's like oh so that you don't smell down there or like whatever like Mm -hmm. like it, it really makes it seem like you're this like nasty thing disgusting blob (laughs) yeah like like i mean i always trip out where it's like society will make women feel like they're dirty because they bleed but they have no problem talking about how men are putting their things all up in women as if like that's not dirty exactly it's just it's it's a double standard that i can't get behind yeah pisses me off it pisses me off in all seriousness um 
your story, though it's very specific to you, there's so many people going through the same thing that you're going through that just aren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I mean, like, bravo to you. Bravo, Miss <laughs> Maria, bravo. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but, um, psh, but no, seriously, like, kudos to you because someone at home is going through the same thing and is too scared to figure out or to, like, ask for the help or to take the picture to show someone to be like, is this normal? Because that's not what we do. Like, we have to keep it hush-hush. Um, if you could go back six years, seven years, eight years ago and give yourself advice, knowing where your path is leading, what would you tell her? Don't take the pill, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Just say no. Just say no. No, but, um, in all seriousness, um, I... To each their own. Whoever wants to mm-hmm. build a pill, like it is your body, your choice, your decision, whatever it is. But I now know that it was a band aid to my issue. Right. And I hate that I let it go on for so long without looking into it because the other part that um I didn't mention, I, I guess I'll cover really quickly, but a year ago when I started going to the doctor, um, a lot of conversation surrounding weight, a mm-hmm. lot of conversation. Oh, well maybe, you know, your hormones are out of whack because you need to lose some weight or right. maybe, you know, if you try losing some weight, then maybe everything will balance out. However, you know, seven years ago we were active. We were, wild yeah. and, you know, our I bodies were just different. We were younger. Right. So I was in a way better shape, of course. So how do you now tell me that there's a correlation between weight and these hormones when seven years ago, you know, it all started. So no, I'm sorry, doctors, but it's not due to weight. And it's... Do you feel like, because you're not the first person who has mentioned weight and... um their health and and the way doctors have approached a course of action when it came to certain things do you feel like you were kind of um like pushed to the side and and not really like doctors didn't really take your case seriously because it was easy to label like well it's a weight issue yes um maybe not when this initially happened I was put on the pill Mm -hmm. again that was a family practice doctor I should have never listened to him (laughs) (laughs) um, maybe now when I did get off the pill and these issues resurfaced and I was told you know maybe if you tried losing some weight like this could be manageable or whatever it was but I was definitely told to lose some weight and again I I you try explaining to doctors like hey I was in a way better shape like probably the best shape of my life you know and this was seven still years ago yeah and it was still happening so it's not a weight mm-hmm. issue but right you know it's I think it comes with western medicine that not all doctors mm-hmm. will try to 
speak for an answer. They, a lot of them, you know, just unfortunately learn how to treat symptoms rather than yeah. discover the underlying issue. But um, definitely, I would tell myself seven years ago, don't do it and look. First of all, go see an OBGYN. <laughs> Second of all, uh, don't take the pill and let's find other ways to, you know, deal with it because I'm pretty sure also taking the pill for seven years and masking these symptoms, these issues yeah. didn't help at yeah. all. So. But you trusted a professional who told you this is this is what you should do. Yeah. And as a non-professional, why wouldn't you trust them? Right. Like, why wouldn't you trust that that's what they were going to? I think you're I think you and a lot of women, you because I know you personally are um, a testament to the fact that um, we need to change the way we teach uh, women's health and we need to start really talking about the because this whole thing about like birth control because of safe sex and all this stuff like realistically like tell me tell me how putting hormones into my body is safe safe (laughs) you know like like I'm all for it don't get me wrong I mean I'm all for contraception and and protecting yourself but you can I the way you the way there's access to some of these things and how easily someone can just get a lot of things in this country. Yeah. It's like, it's it's harder to get through airport security than to get some of this shit. Like, seriously? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it just, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but you know. And well, now just... understanding also, now as an adult, I fully understand that there are natural ways to right. not conceive right right or even um something that i saw on tiktok b- before i deleted it <laughs> was like even how your diet and not diet because of weight but just there's the certain foods that promote um fertility and and things like that and, yeah. and take that to any person who doesn't who isn't open-minded and they're going to be like, well, that's crazy. Like, oh, that's just some like hippy dippy stuff. Like, no, 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 no. And the reality is that um, it's not easy to have a child. Like it's not easy to conceive. It's not easy. And I've always said this, and I, I do think this is true for a lot of people. Getting pregnant isn't hard. It's the staying pregnant sometimes because pregnancy in itself is such a like miracle like think about what think about what your body is doing yeah. it's creating a human and there's a lot of factors that go into that it's not just a crazy night and the fact that it's no only a 20 to 25% chance of you actually conceiving while you're ovulating that's not just crazy. this though the fact that that but also the rate at which your fertility significantly declines after the age of 35. Yeah. And today, today it's common knowledge that women are delaying having kids until at least 40. Like right. a lot of women are waiting or choosing to wait and they're getting to a point where it's essentially too late. And people aren't sharing this information. No. So unless you go looking for it, 
you think it's just possible. You think you're just going to get pregnant. You thought coming off the pill, you were going to get you, you were nervous about getting pregnant so quickly (laughs) because that's what you're told. You're told you get off the pill, you're going to get pregnant and it doesn't work that way. As a matter of fact, I think I had like a, like a pap smear appointment, maybe like November, let's say November. And at that time, I consulted with the doctor. They said, hey, my husband and I are thinking of, you know, start trying. And she literally said to me, word by word, she said, well, unless you're ready to be pregnant next month, I wouldn't get off of it. So. Who says <laughs> that to somebody? Oh, my God. And I remember vividly having a discussion with my husband, me defending why I didn't want to get off the pill because the doctor yeah. said to me, I should be ready to conceive. Okay. Like, or First of all, doctor, nobody's ever ready. Like, right. <laughs> nobody's ever ready. I yeah. shit my pants when I found out I was pregnant a second time because I wasn't ready. Like... This is such horrible advice. And it's oh my god! And it's happening. Taking place, yeah. And when you look at demographics and you look at the people that this is affecting, it's really, it's a problem. It's a problem, and more people need to, like, take their health in like their own hands and do something about it. Like. <sighs> Well, that just fired me up. <laughs> Calm down. Just kidding. Um, oh, deep breaths. Let's take a deep breath. It's okay. We move past that. <laughs> but you know. You live in your um, You do. You do. And you know what? You're doing all the things that are within your power to get answers. I mean, ultimately, that's what it is. Like, yeah. yes, your ultimate goal is to have a child. But like your health comes first and and you have you have really like taken the reins with your health and I think that's such an admirable thing to do because not a lot of people do that because there's always that fear of like they're gonna find something no I I definitely agree and like you said ultimately the goal is for me to conceive I mean that is my ultimate goal however right now today (laughs) my ultimate goal is to just stop bleeding man like yeah how yeah. long can I bleed for you'd be surprised but um <laughs> it's, that's really my end goal so whatever this journey looks like um like I like you said I'm just looking for answers I'm still looking to see what the best course of action is so can only take it one day at a time exactly I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit before we close out, um, because if you've listened to the just of it before, uh, I like to close out with two things. One, Maria, what is something, what's one thing that you're going to do for yourself this week for self-care? This week, I, I think this week I'm actually, so I, a couple years back. I used to be like, I used to have like one of these memberships where you go, it's not like cross fitness, but it was like those like arranged workouts. So you just show up. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to go and enroll myself again because that was the best time I ever had working out. And this is just something that 
I need to do for myself. And I truly believe yes. it was helping me then. So I'm trusting that it's going to help me now. But um, it's something that I've been in the works and I've been wanting to. And, I, you know, I keep saying, like, I need to make time. I need to make time to, like, do mm-hmm. something for me. But don't actually do it. So I think if there's, like, a sticker you know, that comes with this, but it's like, well, now you're paying for it. So you have to yeah. commit. I think it's going to get mm-hmm. me on the right track. So yeah. And now you have my audience of like 50 something that are going to hold you accountable. Please do, please do, because this is serious. Man. Everybody send in DMs <laughs> to the Just of It podcast on Instagram and check in if Maria signed up for this class. We will be giving updates. <laughs> and last but not least what is a wisdom nugget that you can leave us with before we close out a wisdom nugget um i would say always follow your intuition Mm-hmm. And don't, you know, just because there are professionals out there in this world that somehow got their accreditations and all that stuff, <laughs> doesn't mean <laughs> that they know you or what's best for you. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. listen to your gut and follow through with it. You just never know. I love that. That's like the perfect perfect closing thank you maria so much for coming on thank you for sharing your story i had an amazing time thank you for giving space and time and room for these conversations of course of course thank you so much and i'll see you next time see you a huge thank you to maria for opening up and sharing her fertility story Her story is not an isolated one. She is not the only person who is going through something like this. And I hope that her story has resonated with someone out there who could potentially be going through the same thing. Like Maria said, trust your gut, trust your intuition. If you have a feeling that something isn't right, ask for help, get it checked out, do whatever it is that you need to do. So Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening to Maria's story. And if you have any questions about anything that we talked about today, please feel free to send them in. I'm going to leave a question box on um, the episode if you're listening on Spotify. That is where it will show up. But I will leave a question box. So if anybody has any specific questions for Maria that maybe she didn't get to and you are curious about, please feel free to leave them there and we will try to answer them as best as we can. Thank you so much and see you next week. Bye.